with Aaron, Holly, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. So guys, I got my new uh, Google Chromecast in. This is the new one that's integrated with Google TV and actually has a remote control. Oh. Nice. Plugged it in last night. It coordinates all your uh, streaming services, so all those apps that you have to muddle through. It uh, pulls them all together and tells you what's on and takes you directly there. It also has that voice-activated technology, so you can talk to your Google remote and say, you know, like, for instance, I got I got stuck on a menu. I couldn't figure out how to get out of it. I'm like, Google, take me home. And it took me right back home. Uh, <laughs> he said, he, he's like, Google, Google, take me home. Like, <laughs> That's right. He sounded all distressed. Google's like, red alert. I want it. I love that. My, my TV has all of those all that features uh-huh. and it is so handy to be able to just search and see oh this is streaming on this app or this yeah. is streaming on that app and the uh, the voice stuff's really cool too well it it immediately improved my disney plus experience and my hbo max experience because neither of those apps exist on my t on my uh, tv or dvr and uh so i mean i, I automatically i mean it's 50 bucks and this is the brand new new uh, version just released last week. Uh, it's terrific. I love the interface. Uh, a- after a day of playing with it, uh, it's super cool. And, you know, I remember, you know, back in the day, back in the day, uh, when you would, you know, unpack a new piece of technology and it would take you hours or even days to figure out how the damn thing worked, you know, to get it all set up. And technology is so intuitive now. I mean, it's literally plug and play. It's it's awesome stuff. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Yeah, HBO Max is the one app I don't have, and that's why I don't yeah. have HBO Max because I won't buy it until I have an easy app on the TV. Mm-hmm. The only reason I have HBO Max is because they had that deal um, with uh, DC Universe. That's the only reason because I don't have the app either. I have to go through. Now, don't get me wrong. I know it's a minor inconvenience that I have to go through my Xbox. Yeah. Oh no, no my I, television, but I feel you. But I'm like. <laughs> You know, it, it's, it's a pain annoying. in the ass. That's why I don't use yeah, HBO I, Max. I have it. The, uh, the the prior version of Chromecast irritated the living shit out of me because you had to use your phone or your iPad as a remote control. And let me tell you, that's not ideal. So you, know? you burned through uh, some Mandalorian, didn't you? God, I sure did. Wasn't that shit good? God. <laughs> uh, you know, I seem to remember you bitching about one or two episodes, and I don't, I didn't have any complaints about the show. No, I just said, you know, zero. not every episode was a winner for me. Like, there was the one that was, like, the heist episode. Yeah, um, like the heist episode. See, I thought it was yeah. okay. Yeah. It, you know, in fact, there's a lot of the sh- – there's so many things that, that I find – Mandalorian leans into in terms of uh, it, its lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, I, I think I remarked to you earlier this week, Paul, that I see a lot of Lone, Lone Wolf and Cub in this. And I mean, I, I, a lot of that. And I, and I think not just the graphic novel, but also the, the movies. And, you know, I know Jean Favreau is Jean Favreau, like he's French. Jean Favreau. Jean Baptiste Favreau. Jean Baptiste Favreau. Anyway, I know that he is also a movie buff, and I know he's seen those, you know, Janus films, Lone Wolf and Cub films. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, so, and Aaron, now that you've seen it, you need to watch the making of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, I think that's my next thing. Cause I, it that, is incredible, and they talk about all of their inspirations and where they came up with some of the ideas and how they did it. And like, I don't normally do making of documentaries. But that one is so good. 
I got to tell you, I, I, I'm just really impressed with how much I like it. Now, I did see a name pop up in the uh, in the credits that I'm like, I don't remember seeing this person on screen. Uh, and of course, I could have looked it up on IMDb, but I thought it would be easier just to ask Paul. Okay. Uh, who did Clancy Brown play in this? He was the big red guy in the heist episode. Was he really? Yeah. With, with the, with, huh. I never. I he he was invisible. <laughs> I, I honestly thought you were, that's where you were going because I watched it. I'm like, is that Clancy Brown? You know, because he has such a distinctive voice, but it was disguised a little bit. Right, right. Because I mean, that's usually how I identify identify Clancy Brown. It's by Lex Luthor's voice. Yeah, or, or uh, the Kurgan. The Kurgan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Highlander. I yeah, I, I am so excited for season two to drop this month because. Uh, like all the things set up for it, you know, you've got the dark saber in there. You've got, uh, we know that we're going to have uh, Ahsoka Tano, yep. the live action version of her. Yeah, and I can't wait to see that. So Aaron, Rosario Dawson, can... right, playing Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you can, uh, now you can check out the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I never got into you know I liked Rebels enough, but I was I was never my jam, uh, and I made the mistake of trying to watch Clone Wars uh, in order. Yeah, you know from that's the, the jump and just man, skip to season three basically. Yeah, I think that's the thing yeah. because I, I season one I could not get through. Yeah, so I went back and tried to watch all of it, and I haven't seen all of it, but I saw I watched the last season, the one that uh, was on Netflix for a while, mm-hmm. where they tried to answer some of the questions. You can watch this new season that they did without having watched the previous ones. And the new season is basically leading up to and what happens when the order comes down and they start killing the Jedi. Yeah. It's it's fantastic stuff. Yeah. So one question while we're still in Star Wars mode. Yes. Um Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Is it set after Return of the Jedi but yeah. before Force Awakens? Yeah. Yes, 5 years okay. after Return of the Jedi. Thank you. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, I definitely... Your next watch really should be The Making of the Mandalorian because that is just as enjoyable as The Mandalorian. (laughs) Do it! (laughs) Well, are are, are we done with Star Wars? Can we talk about the Twitter drama this week? I think we can move to the tweets. Ah, Twitter drama. So, Doc Shaner, earlier this week... So, a, a number of comic artists and writers kind of did, like, this these hot take things, like... Someone was like, uh, I don't remember who it was, but someone was like, DC should just take a break from Batman for a while. Put Batman and Joker both on the shelf for a while. Um, Stuff like that. And Doc Shaner, one of his hot takes was um, about Superman. And he said, "Super hot take, you shouldn't draw Superman with red eyes unless he's using heat vision. Don't Don't use the red eyes to portray anger. It's heat vision or it's not. Yeah, and this is an opinion I see a lot online, mm-hmm. and I've heard on other podcasts, and I don't know that I feel that strongly about it, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Oh, here it is. The, specifically the quote, no more showing Superman with glowing red eyes just because he's angry. He's either using heat vision or he's not. Um, you know, he he was not referring specifically to anything, just in general. Um, well... Snyder Cut fans took that as a personal affront and bombed his Twitter feed. Um, 
you know, because you can see a couple of responses. If you're about to reply to the above tweet, I'm not trying to take away your Superman. It's a visual cue in comics that I think is played out, but it's my opinion, and I'm not rolling out some kind of edict for everyone's interpretation of him. I'm praying you read this. Also, um, DCEU Snyder fans, I'm not talking about any of that. I have no problem with you liking that take on the character. It's okay. I don't know why so many of you think I'm talking about that, because he just got, like, tweet bombed. Um, like to the point yeah. that he was like, you know what, I'm just going to, like, he shut down his Twitter for a day because he got basically verbally abused. For, oh, he just did for it that. for a day. He didn't like permanently quit Twitter. No, no, he's because that was the, the impression that I got is that he permanently quit Twitter. No, thank well, God he didn't. It makes no sense because this debate has been going on since the eighties yeah. about the comics. Yeah. You know, why yeah. are, why in the world did all of these Snyder fans, you know, freak out like this because they got their snyder cut and they got to find something else to bitch about i actually when i saw that that there was a twitter drama i thought for sure that it was people being upset that it took doc shaner a year to fulfill his commission obligations (laughs) i I thought that's what it was about no no but that may just be me your (laughs) mileage may vary (laughs) yeah so i mean you know here's the thing i'm 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 a snyder cut guy but i also agree with his his you know him, him thinking that and because that's well, you know, something I, I've always felt. You know, well, Paul, I, you you're know a what? Snyder Cut guy, but you're not one of the obnoxious, annoying Snyder Cut guys. Yeah. So what the, he's saying is you're one of the good ones, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <of> Snyder guys. <laughs> you know, I, I I kind of like smoldery, angry-looking, red-eyed Superman. You know, I, he's, I, like, about a, to use heat vision for me, though. I see it as him restraining himself. Like, I am so emotional, and I've got all this heat vision just boiling forth from my eyes, but I'm not going to reduce you to cinders, because that's the kind of Superman I am. I'm the guy who's going to be mad and not destroy you. I, 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 it's a visual cue, and maybe it's a shortcut, but I, yeah, I, I can think of numerous times where artists like Dan Jurgens have used it, and I've found it very effective. I don't feel strongly either way. I see both sides of the argument. I mean, do I feel strongly about it? No. Like, it's, you know, it's not like nipples on the bat costume. Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know. It's it just... was uh, Alicia Silverstone's birthday last week. <laughs> and so, you know, there were a bunch of pictures of her as Batgirl, you know, the promotion, you know, pictures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they had this one with her, you know, uh, with Robin and, you know, leaning up against him. And of course, he's got you know Robin nipples on his on his uh, outfit, and I just the picture I wanted was her tweaking one of them. <laughs> 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 I need somebody to Photoshop that with uh, Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl tweaking Robin's nipple. That's what I need. <laughs> I, I I don't need that at all. Um, <laughs> well, in TV news this week, you know I, there there were a couple of TV announcements including the a reveal of the first trailer for the upcoming Invincible animated oh, series so on uh, Amazon Prime, I think. Yeah, right? I can't good. It, it looks like Ryan Otley animated the series. It does. I, it looks so good. I was such a fan of Invincible. I'm, it had some runs that were not particularly good, and I don't think it stuck the ending of the series. But I read beginning to end that series and loved it. And I can really see that... Like, on screen, it looks like the comic. Yeah. And I love that. I love when the animation resembles the source material. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. I really do. I mean, when when uh, the Warner DC films have done that, when you know when they've emulated, I fe- I really feel like it gives it a much better sense of place, uh, and it makes it feel you know whole cloth from from the original source material. I, I am super excited about it. And they've got a terrific voice cast. You got uh, uh, Michael Dorn. You've got uh, crap. I'm forgetting. Glenn the name. from Sorry. The Walking Mark- Dead. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm super excited. Yeah, uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead is actually playing Invincible. Yeah, you, you know, uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm super excited about this. I, I, uh, I only knew that this was coming probably a, a, just a couple of months ago. And Ryan Otley on his Instagram page has been dumping a lot of news about it, and I, 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 I can't wait. I yeah. cannot wait. So you've got J.K. Simmons as Omni Man, Sandra O oh yep. as Debbie Grayson, Seth Rogen as Alan the Alien, Mark Hamill as Art, um, Walton Goggins. I mean, a hell of a cast. You know, yeah, it's a hell know, of a cast. Anyone who's been oh, Zachary Kinto as Robot, anyone who's been um, listening to this podcast for for a while now knows that I had a love hate relationship with Invincible. I shouldn't say love. I, I shouldn't say hate. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I, I, and I also shouldn't say love. I had a like slash indifference relationship <laughs> with uh with invincible because like for me i i would i would basically like stop reading it for a year and then pick up like a year yeah. and then read it and because it was it, it never in it, it at the beginning it engaged me and then it just got repetitive and then just kind of like spun its wheels for a while and i would just like eh, there's nothing here I, worth reading and i would hop I out feel for like a while. I'd, i feel like i'd read three trades at a time mm-hmm. and then get bored with it yeah, yeah. And i was that, and I take I a party, had a, uh, come back and I read another three trades. I call it a love meh relationship for me. <laughs> I never hated it, but there were quite there were a couple storylines that were just boring. Yeah. Well, or I'm hoping that really good. I'm hoping that in the medium of television, that the writers' room will cut out the stuff that didn't work quite so well and just give us the good stuff. Yeah. Well, you there's know, one thing that I can that say storytelling. is Ryan Otley was the star of that series. Yeah. Um, his art was gorgeous. I appreciate that in the trailer they actually show um, some of the ultra violence that his yeah. art yes. style was known for. Yeah, and that's one of the interesting things is it's such a clean, crisp like art style, and then you get the ultra violence that doesn't. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's so jarring because you don't expect that clean, crisp, cartoonish art style to suddenly see entrails. Yeah, it's good and stuff. eyeballs and <laughs> yeah. I mean, teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I, I I I love how how closely they're emulating his style for, for that show. So I can't wait. Well, we mentioned HBO Max earlier uh, this week. They announced um, I wouldn't say the cast, but like I don't know the, the main characters, characters. Yeah. right for the upcoming Green Lantern show on HBO Max. And uh, the 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 um, announcement says. Uh, Green Lantern will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott, Earth's first Green Lantern, who, true to the comics, is a gay man, and many more. The series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog, and will introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, so, you know, no mention of Hal Jordan, interestingly no. enough. Which yeah. I'm fine with. Yeah. yeah. What I am curious about, though, my preferred Alan Scott is one where he, well, actually, I don't think we've ever seen one version of the comics as part of the core. I don't want him to be part of the core. I want him to have been the original one that is separate yeah. and not who's, the original. Whose powers are magic, right? Yeah. 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 
I'm, I do want to see, I love this character quite a bit. And I loved both the regular universe one and the Earth 2 universe one they did. And it sounds like this one's probably more based on the Earth 2 because the regular one wasn't gay and the Earth 2 one was. But I want to see that. That's the one thing I want for Alan Scott on the series is I want him to be separate of the core and to have his powers be, you know, not. I don't want him connected with the Guardians. Yeah. I feel like uh, the other thing I was just... Alan Scott, the regular Alan Scott, I, I think he's gay now as well. I don't know when that actually happened, um, but it's yeah, not just uh, Earth Two. I mean, it's also no, Earth One. Yeah, I, the Rebirth uh, Alan Scott is. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. Okay. And I, they haven't we haven't seen much of him, but we saw him what in the pages of Justice League recently. Well, in that Green Lantern, uh, you yes, know, the, anniversary the, issue. I, yes, that's where I saw it. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it since he and returned. I, I, and I wonder, I mean, because if I was retconning Alan Scott, and keep in mind we haven't seen much of Alan Scott in the, the Rebirth era, but if I was doing it, I would have him, uh, I would have him come out after he has you know been married and had his two kids, uh, you know, like so many other gay, uh, gay people, you know, they, they, it takes them a while to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that would be the story I tell, so that you're yeah. not losing that history with his children. You know? Yeah, specifically, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Jade. Day, uh, and, ditto. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love and also, Jade. I, so I want him to have had the kids. I've, right. I'm cool with that. The story you described, I think, would be a great one of a adult version, either coming to the realization or finally just admitting it to everyone. Yeah, I think that would be a really powerful story, but would also give us Jade and. Was it Obsidian? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, I want both it, of them in his history. In the pages of uh, Deceased, the the digital comic that's coming out right now, it's Deceased. Uh, Hope it. It, is it, no, it's Hope at World's End. Oh, yeah, it? yeah, the digital one. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, they did, in last week's book, they had a lovely conversation between Alan Scott's lover or husband, I'm not sure if they're if they're married in the book, uh, and Superman, and talking about you know Lois and and how Lois keeps him grounded and how Alan Scott's uh, significant other keeps him grounded, and it was this lovely conversation. I I, I dig that part about Alan Scott. Um, I, w- I would hope that they would preserve uh, his children, as we were saying, because I, I I love Jade, I love Obsidian, and I love their backstory. Yeah. I tell you what else I was excited about when I saw the announcements for the show. I am a huge Jessica Cruz fan. She is at this point my second favorite Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to see a live action version of her. And I'm same with uh, Simon Baz. Yeah, I like Simon Baz yeah, also. I like Simon Baz a lot. And, you know, I love that, you know, with both of those characters, you get a tremendous amount of diversity uh, in the characters being being presented. I think that's great. I think I think that is really cool. Yeah, Simon Baz is pretty high up there on my Green Lanterns as well. I really enjoyed his first arc. I haven't read as much of him as I have Jessica Cruz when it comes to the newer ones. I think Jessica Cruz speaks to me because of the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah character she's very with, human. Yeah. Very relatable. And, and she's been done really well in some of the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to more announcements. Hopefully we'll get a good cast on that one. You know, it's live action, so, you know, it's probably, we're probably not going to get a movie 
Well, know. I mean, but but it's being done by HBO Max, and I mean, Fair good point. God, they, they do they do uh, major motion picture level quality in, in most of their television productions. So yeah, so I have uh, hopes. I really have hopes yeah. for the show. Yeah, and the it's description the sounds like it's going to be kind of an anthology show where we different episodes will focus on different characters. Oh, maybe. And, and I the core is a great way to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, we could get a Nort television show. <laughs> That'd no. be kind of awesome. <laughs> I, I would watch that episode. Same, same. He'll pop up in the background, I'm sure. Oh, and, and, and uh, you know, the, 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 you know, Red Lantern kitty cat. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We could get some I of that. love that character. And it's like my <laughs> wife saw that in one of the books and I had to explain to her, no, that's not an alien cat. That's an Earth cat that's just that angry. That's you right. have a tough life. Well, most most cats are pretty angry. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to piss off a cat. No. Just but, saying. But you know what pissed me off this week? <laughs> Batman issue 100. No. Well, I yeah. wouldn't say pissed off. This is kind of... The, this is, <laughs> you had indifferent feelings for I it. had indifferent... <laughs> I was whelmed by Batman like issue 100. Um, you know, beautiful. Let, let me just say beautiful cover, beautiful art. Um, coloring, pencils, inks, gorgeous, gorgeous book, but like, meh. Like, if I feel like, you know, we went through six issues of Joker War to end up back where we were before Joker uh-huh. War. Like, nothing, no, uh-huh. there was no status quo change other than Batgirl has returned to being Oracle, which is, you know, I, I think that's going to stick for a little while because uh, the Batgirl book is, is over now or ending. Um, you yeah, know, Dick I Grayson's back the to first, The first two pages of this book made me think the book was going to be good. And I fell in love with those first two pages. I think Barbara Gordon's place is as Oracle. I've always liked her better as that character than in the field. And those pages of her going back to the clock tower and sitting back down and going over the, the speakers as Oracle again, I was excited after reading those two pages. And I enjoyed Bullock's, uh, you know, reaction to all of this and his throwing down his badge and going out to help people i thought that was great too and then the story just falls apart what i found interesting about batman issue 100 is that batman didn't do anything Uh uh-huh right like his team took down the jokers around the city harley quinn took down the joker um you know catwoman got his money back like you know and nightwing took out punchline like there was batman didn't actually accomplish anything in this book yeah, other than and in a physical fight he got his butt kicked by joker yeah. he got stabbed over and over again when physically he should be able to take joker yeah, there was just it i was... hated this entire series paul yeah i mean other than the artwork and a few character moments there's real really nothing good about this this story and you know as i said in a in a prior episode i don't think this this episode of of batman paints him as a hero you know because again he is reliving his same mistakes yeah uh i he doesn't change you know and 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 i i find it super frustrating that you know if he would just modify his behavior (laughs) a lot of this stuff wouldn't happen i think he's criminally negligent to be perfectly honest and i liked that harley was trying to make him choose uh-huh. But I don't like her method of doing it. Like I it didn't was quite understand her method. <laughs> I, I don't think they told that part of the story very well. Uh, 
you know, she she puts the bomb on Joker and then she lures Batman away. I, I mean, I, I she didn't puts qu- the bomb on herself, too. Right. I, but I mean, I don't understand. Batman follows her. I, I, I just it, it seemed a weird choice. It seemed like a, a weird dynamic to create a choice that you would have to run away after Harley and leave Joker alone. And that's always the problem with Joker is you leave him alone. He's going to get away. That is the history of Joker. If you yeah. leave him unobserved, Joker will get away. I thought this was a poor ending. I, I would have rather have seen Harley just execute Joker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I thought that was going to happen because she shoots him in the head. Yeah. No, but she, apparently she just shot his eye out. And I'm wondering yeah. if the original ending had Harley shooting It's a Joker. one-eyed Joker, Paul. It's a yeah. one-eyed Joker. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, it ends with such a return to the status quo, and the only thing that's different is Joker has one eye. Right? And it's like, okay, well, this is also like when Joker lost his face, or, right. you know, like when Joker got the shit beaten out of him, but, you know, took the, the serum and under Gotham and came back, or when, you know, the Joker went uh, Marilyn Manson style in um, Grant Morrison's run. Like, it's it's just another Joker story, and it's not particularly a good one. And don't hype, don't hype me something. And I understand that the story was already started when DC changed course on yeah. the 5G thing. It was still very lackluster. Um, well, feel, you, you know, you regardless. Spent- you spent five out of six issues with Batman not being Batman. Yeah, right. I could easily see if the original intention was that Batman kills Joker and hangs up the cow. And I honestly felt like, you know, when we were sort of predicting the ending of this book, mm-hmm. I felt like our ending was better than the ending they came up with. Agreed. You know, where, where you know, Batman takes on the bright suit, Right. And discovers that there's an Alfred AI in there, that the Alfred talking to him throughout this this entire thing was actually the AI, that he wasn't hallucinating. Yeah. But we don't get any of that. No. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I it just, you know, you had Joker wearing the armor and I understand the emotional beat they were going for there, you know, wearing that that special bat suit that Alfred made. But it didn't stick. It didn't hit. I, no. I just I, I hate I hated this book. Well, I hated and, this series. I hated this book. And God damn you, Paul, for making me buy it. Well, and the backup <laughs> stories. We've seen too many times Batman, when a hero kills someone, he takes them down. Yet he just lets the, you know, this Joker killer go. You know, he he doesn't stop him, doesn't take away his gear, leaves him, you know, just was a threat. It's like, yeah. that's that's to, not the Batman do some more killing. Yeah. Yeah. He will inevitably do some more killing. And again, it's the same mistake that Batman makes time and time again. He doesn't learn. He's not a hero. (laughs) He's this wildly dysfunctional person wandering around in Gotham City who I believe makes Gotham City worse. I I just I got a real problem with 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 the current take on Batman. And I'm not going to pick up punchline number one, but I do have to say I did kind of like the that that part of the backup story. The three pages of punchline. Yeah, not so much Joker uh-huh. in that story, but I liked her, you know, looking normal and pleading with people and trying to. She's such a manipulator in those uh-huh. three pages. I like that. Yeah, no, I'm but out. Not enough to, not yeah. enough to buy the book. That's yeah. hard out. I'm out hard on Batman. Out. I'm out on punchline. What's sad is that freaking Robin King book sounds interesting, but I hate death metal. <laughs> yeah, but. 
I'm I'm really kind of interested in that uh that Robin King. We'll see. Yeah, I may I, pick that up. I am out on the Batman books, which is sad because I'm a little excited about the the new page that's being turned with Barbara and Nightwing. I do. Yeah. I am too, but I'm I'm out. I'm definitely out yeah. on Batman, and I you yeah. know I I may check out. Well, I shouldn't say I may. I will check out that Luke Fox Batman book that um is coming up. But I think that's just well, a you, miniseries anyway. The the problem with reading a bat any of the the Batman books or the Batman family books is it's just like reading X Men. You're going to get sucked in to the next Batman thing. Yeah. The, the yeah. story you're reading is going to get derailed. So I mean, you can you can buy that Luke Fox book, but you're going to get sucked into another Batman story. Yeah, fair. Yeah, because yeah, Batman thinking takes about, out all the oxygen. I'm thinking about Nightwing, but I, that's exactly why I'm not. You know. Yeah not positive about it is because I don't want to be sucked into the next event and it's like you really get into the book and then something will happen in Batman like Nightwing being shot in the head and suddenly the book you're reading is drastically changed well and I, I don't want to discourage change I just I wish that the changes were at the character level and not at the plot level right yeah I wish that you know, it, it seems like, well, if we can't kill off Batman, we can't tell a story. No, you can absolutely tell a story. You've got to have the character grow. Mm -hmm. And but we we are so mired in this 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 mode of telling Batman stories that we just can't break out of it. And I just it wears me out. I don't enjoy it. Yeah, I want to see Batman change. Yeah, don't give me the illusion of change. Don't hype yeah. change. Yeah, and and then just you know give me nothing. So right. yeah, I, I I was severely disappointed, and I you know I committed to to this Batman run even before the Joker War because I was enjoying it, and then th this was the payoff, and it it really wasn't worth it. And I, I I would venture to say, and I could be wrong, that even the original plan probably wouldn't have been worth it. Um, yeah, I, I could you know maybe the original ending was a lot better, but for me. It doesn't feel like the juice was worth the squeeze, or even would have been worth the squeeze had they stuck the original ending. Yeah, I'm out. Well, we are four issues in to deceased Dead Planet, which is the uh, the big sequel to the uh, first series of Deceased, uh, not to be confused with the digital storyline of Deceased. Uh, whatever the hell it's called. Hope, Hope at World's, World's End. End. Yeah, Hope at World's End. Uh, I find all of these alternate universe stories highly confusing. <laughs> but uh, there is, the, the, the story continues. We're in issue four of this series. And big things happened in this issue. Um, first off, you know, we had talked before that, it, that uh, you know, we're used to uh, Cassie Wonder Girl, uh, who is Wonder Woman now, uh, being romantically linked to uh, Superboy. Uh, and, of course, that's Connor Kent Superboy, not necessarily Jonathan Kent Superboy. So when we saw a kiss between, you know, uh, Damian Wayne Batman and Cassie, uh, you know, it raised some eyebrows like, oh, my God, you know, what does Jonathan think about this? Well, it turns out, you know, this Jonathan was aware of it. That it's not a thing. He and Cassie weren't together. And it looks like there may be some romance sparking up between Mary Marvel and uh, Jonathan Kent, which yeah. I really like the idea oh, yeah. of that. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, I like this Batman. You know, you guys know I hate Damian Wayne. Right. But this Damian Wayne has, I don't know, he's matured, he's grown. 
I love his conversation with Cassie before they yeah. go off to battle. You know, come back. I mean, both of you. If one of you comes back, I've undergone enough therapy to know that I'll be, have misplaced anger by directing it at the survivor. I like that acknowledgement and him knowing his issues. And it's just so different for the character than the character I've read before. Yeah. And I'm really loving him as Batman in this book. Yeah, it's I, I Tom Taylor is really writing the hell out of this book. I, I, I am enjoying it a great deal. And I think it's it's demonstrative of you know, the freedom you get when you're writing an alternate reality story, you know, because you can have stakes, you can have change. You know, I, I, I do think that the comic book companies would be well served taking a slice of this and incorporating it into their main universes. I'm, I'm not saying blow up your world, turn everybody into a zombie. I'm just saying have some character changes and some stakes that don't evolve, involve everybody dying. Right? And I cheered so much when, uh, you know, when Jonathan one punched Orion. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the 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 narrative from Damien is, you know, uh, it had long been theorized that, you know, Jonathan's unique genetic makeup would make him stronger than his father. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I, I was very much amused by that. But, you know, I, I wanted to talk about this issue today because, you know, Darkseid had had died in the uh, prior storyline, and in the last couple of pages of this book, you know, there's the the Black Racer hanging out around the wreckage and destruction of Apocalypse, and who bursts forth from the uh, from the molten core of Apocalypse, but undead Darkseid, Paul, undead Darkseid, because you know what, Darkseid isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny because I, f- I had forgotten that this story basically started with New Gods. I, I know it was the anti-life equation, but, it, you know, like it's been so long since the original, since that first book. And it since that first book, it's all taken place on Earth. And so it, I, I, when they, you know, when the introduction of Apocalypse and the magic stuff in, in this arc hasn't really connected with me. But it, it really is kind of coming full circle with the return of Darkseid. We've got two more issues to i think two more issues right maybe three yeah Um, three i think because i think it's a seven issue series that's right okay so we have three more issues to see where this goes but dark side's back zombie dark side Mm -hmm. and you know i'm curious and that can't be good right that that can't be good no it's totally good i mean he's (laughs) he's not bringing cupcakes and donuts it's uh this is this is bad news for for everyone involved no i mean i think he's gonna go eat a pocket i think he's gonna go eat uh uh, new genesis right? right it seems like how this book is how this issue ended yeah. yeah i will say i am a little tired of the story point of we need metron's chair so let's trick and beat metron and steal his chair well i did like the you know metron out- outwits them and they're like hey no really we-, we need your chair and you know here's what we can do for you and metron's like should have led with that yeah i pre- i really appreciate <laughs> that that it's jonathan and mary that go up and basically have the conversation of we didn't want to fight but you did. Yeah. I really appreciated that conversation because that was a little different than the other takes on it. And it might just be because I recently watched the young justice episode where they did it. Plus the, uh, that last DC cartoon where they did the same thing. And it's, I just got tired of that point of let's steal his chair, but I appreciated that he gave up his chair for it this time, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Or a giga. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I, 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 I dug the book. 
yeah, I, I like it. It's definitely different than the first one, right? The first one had this weird, this strong disparity, you know, despair, I should say, uh, feeling to it. Um, you know, with the characters constantly dying and the sadness. And then we had that, that in-between one, I think it was called The Unkillables, that, you know, had a lot of that as well with characters dying. And then this book is... Other than Green oh, Arrow, right? This has yeah. been very much uh, like your standard superhero affair in a different way. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. and even though even though Ollie is you know zombified and you know Black Canary is keeping him in in you know Green Green Lantern Black Canary is keeping him in a uh, Green Lantern force bubble to keep him safe and safe from o- and others safe from him. There is hope because we know that the cure exists within Cyborg. And now that you know, here we are in, in the middle of the story, Cyborg has gotten access to the Metron chair and has been able to figure out that all he's got to do is sort of re-engineer his uh, blood chemistry to produce the cure. Uh, I'm sure this is all going to go horribly, horribly wrong. But uh, I don't you know, know. The, the book like, is you know, are, are we going to get and maybe we will see a happy ending. We saw a happy ending to the first to see series. Maybe yeah. we're leading to, you know, a nice, happy ending. And I, I think the difference, you know, I I did not enjoy much of the happy ending in the, the first uh, deceased series. Nor did I. It didn't feel like they worked but, towards and earned it. Right. Particularly when the entirety of the book was gloom and despair and then all of a sudden ray of sunshine. (laughs) Um, I I do feel like this book is working towards that because you've got characters like, you know, Jonathan and uh, Mary Marvel who are so hopeful and so bright. I just, you know, my my sense of dread is kicking up on me because I'm like, I'm really enjoying the tone. Uh, (laughs) I I, I feel like... uh, one of those two is going to, uh, you know, eat some anti-life equation. That's uh, yeah. that's uh, that's how I feel like that's going to go. But you know, what? but they have to kiss first. They won't die until they kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see, right? Like I, 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 that's one of the good things that you've been mentioning a, a few times now, which is, in the, at least this book can surprise us, right? It's that's right. you know, when this book ends. Now here's the thing: if this book ends and we're back to status quo and everyone's alive and happy, then I'll be pissed. But I don't feel like that's going to happen. I feel like we'll we'll have some some changes to this universe that, you know, wouldn't happen in other books. Right. Well, spe- well speaking of returns you know, to status quo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's, t- let's talk some Thor. Yes. This was my book of the week. It's a good book. Yeah, That's not I, saying much, but yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a great week. That's for sure. Based on a lot of the books I read, but one of the things about the last issue that I wasn't happy about I didn't like the idea of yet another new Thor and I didn't like the design and I was afraid this was going to be something that stuck around and they thankfully resolved that in this issue. You know, that guy is not going to stick around as a Thor, right? But they had fun with him and he got to fly and he hits this buddy moment with Thor. And I really appreciated all of that and how Thor gave him those moments of, you know, helped him learn to fly, let him have fun with it. And you find out the guy had been in prison and you learn all about him. And I really enjoyed that the human touch of that part of the story. And we got to see Tony with a hammer. Well, and I got a real kick out of Thor big dogging Tony. You know, uh, Tony's able to hold the hammer, even, you know, wax Thor with the hammer. And, you know, Thor, you know, brings up a storm behind him and says, Tony, listen to me very carefully. (laughs) 
<laughs> do not mistake wielding my hammer for wielding my power. And, you know, the whole time, you know, lightning and thunder and all of that, Majolner or not, I am still a god. And you, you are a tin man in a lightning storm. And Tony's like, good point. Here you go. Here's your hammer back. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I loved this book. I, I think the, the, the Donnie Cates's writing was right on. And I, you know, I, I think I said this in the last time we talked about uh, the Thor book. I'm not a huge fan of Aaron Cooter. It, it's just a style that, I, that I'm not much uh, a fan of, but I re- really enjoyed his uh, pencils on the last couple of books. I, I think they have been really strong. I think he's, he's doing an, an excellent job telling the story visually. And I like that we're promising a return to Donald Blake. I've missed Donald Blake. Yes, that was the yeah. highlight for me is the yeah. last couple of pages. Tony gives him the advice that he needs to relax. He needs to unwind, needs to take yeah. a vacation. And that leads to Thor walking into the house that was Donald Blake's house in the town. In Broxon, yeah. Yeah, and seeing that picture. And then, you know, the preview for next issue is Donald Blake coming back. And yeah. I've really missed that aspect of Thor because Thor has been so cosmic and out there. Mm-hmm. He's missing that grounded aspect of the character. When was which the last time Donald we saw Blake. Donald Blake? Was that? I think it was Siege. Well, was he at all in the Straczynski run? Which I guess is also Siege. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. No, he, he, sh- he was. I think we saw him. Well, he, he certainly lived in Broxton for a period yeah. of time. Yeah. Um, that's the last time I remember him was yeah. Broxton. Now, is I don't he recall... still part of Thor? I don't think he is. They're separate beings now, right? Well, like... I, I I think the last thing we, we learned was that Donald Blake was never real, that he was never a real person. He was just an aspect of Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could be misremembering that. So No, you know. that's how I remember it as well. Yeah. No, here it is. So, there's, a, 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 there's a there's an online Marvel database, and the last appearance... Of Donald Blake was Mighty Thor number seventeen from two thousand twelve. That was during the Fraction Run post Straczynski. Mm. Not Straczynski. Fraction Run. Yeah, Straczynski. <laughs> yeah, that Fraction Run was garbage. Oh, it's terrible. But yeah, it's been eight years since we've seen Donald Blake. I didn't realize it had been that long. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for. It. I, I I have always enjoyed um, that secret identity aspect of Thor's character, and it's been gone mm-hmm. for such a long time. Pretty much the entire Jason Run arc ignored Donald right. Blake. So yeah, yeah when I saw that slack. next one, it, my first thought was Tim. Oh yeah, Tim. no, absolutely. This I, this might be you know Tim's doorway back into the character because yeah. I know he's not enjoyed Cosmic Thor, but uh, I think I think he might enjoy you know getting a little bit more down to earth. Yeah. with the God of Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> and I think he would have really enjoyed this issue. I think so too. I think he would have enjoyed both of these issues. It, you know, the, the two part story of Hammerfall, I think, I think was written exactly for readers like Tim. Absolutely. So. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, we have the Age of Khonshu conclusion in the pages Ooh, of Avengers number 37. Mm-hmm. Um, also from Marvel, we have uh, war- the first issue of Kieran Gillen and Jason Bur- Burroughs Warhammer 40K book. Um, Marnus Kalger? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Warhammer stuff. Um, but I'm yeah, going to pick this up. This is the Kieran Gillen book? Yeah, the Kieran Gillen book. Yeah, I, I am too. And I, I think, you know, we have uh, talked about bringing on a Warhammer expert 
And so we'll see if we can get that coordinated for our conversation because uh, none of us are. No, no. <laughs> but I'm looking for, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like the idea of it. So I would, uh-huh. and the fact that it's been around for so long, I mean, we actually have a games workshop store here in Virginia beach. And it's like, how does that place stay open? I mean, but I guess there's <laughs> such a loyal following. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. We've got one here too. And it's the same. I mean, people, the people that do those, you know, between all the different war- games, workshop games, mm-hmm. they have to rebuy their stuff every few years. Yeah. So that's crazy. That that's how they stay in hobby. Yeah. yeah. That's how they stay in business. <laughs> I mean, I say that and I, I, I easily dump $50 a week in comics. There's so. that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, but it would be such an expensive hobby to have on top of my already expensive hobby. Fair point. <laughs> of drugs and cocaine. Um, so from Boom Studios, you have new issues of Seven Secrets and Once in Future. And from DC Comics, we have new issues of Strange Adventures, Superman, and Dark Knight's Death Metal. And um, the first issue... Let me see, if, if, is anyone going to buy the first issue of Warshock? I am. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick it up. I'm Johnny down for that. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I don't know that I'm going to pick up Strange Adventures issue 6, though. I feel like I'm going to wait till the end. I'm just finish off that goddamn series. Yeah, I stopped Strange Adventures early on, and I will probably buy either the trade on uh, sale, or once it all hits uh, the new DC Universe app, mm-hmm. I'll read it that way. I'll, pr- but I'll probably wait right. till they'll have a sale before the last issue comes out or something, and then I'll get caught up. Yeah, I'm not bu- I'm buying it issue by issue anymore, because that's a story that I need to read together. It's just, I don't enjoy it like it is. Yeah. All right. All that and more. All right. Very exciting. Well, we'd love to know what you thought of Batman 100 this week. Uh, Give us a call at 972-763-5903. Yes. Is that right? (laughs) That is right. (laughs) (laughs) That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, (laughs) you can win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media. Uh, I O M Geek, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's correct. That's or right. Ideology of Madness. <laughs> or Ideology Madness. I O M Geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What a deal. Well, we'll do this all over again next week, guys. Thanks for joining in. Talk to you later. Out. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.